Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. So, we're going to discuss the second part of retraining your thoughts. And I thought, you know, the first half was more general. And I wanted the second half to be something that is a little bit more ground level. And I want to focus on a specific framework. And that is jealousy in comparison and envy, the nasty threes. So, like most of you all, I now have more leisure time. You know, I can finally sit down with myself and recognize some of my hidden but detrimental patterns. Um, I'm able to self-reflect a little bit more um, because I'm working from home. And one of the truths I had to come to terms with is how deep my core belief of worthiness impacted my relationships with others. Um, This was a big theme um, 2020 and now it's an even bigger theme 2020. 21. So worthiness, it really colored every interaction. And though I thought I shrugged those thoughts off, you know, deep down, it always kind of peaked this head out and it peaked this head out in the form of jealousy and envy. So I'm going to discuss how I tackled that dilemma because, you know, people think that When they look at improvement and they look at these nasty traits like jealousy and envy, um, they feel a lot of shame about it. And I struggle with shame as well, but I had to realize like this is a superhuman thing that can be solved. And I solved it. You know, I worked it out and I really thought about it and I broke it down into four parts. The first three is perfectionism, core belief and critical thoughts. And the last thought it deals with how to draw inspiration. So the people who you envy and you're jealous, jealous about, um, it teaches you how to draw inspiration from them. So the first topic we're going to talk about is perfectionism, the big P. Now, everyone has this ideal version of themselves. You know, this person is someone who does everything right. You know, they have this certain body type, certain look, certain personality. And in your mind, if you became this person, you would be happier. And the truth is, you're not really chasing the, you know, um, external or even internal ideal of yourself. You're actually chasing the happiness. You want to access happiness, but you think that because you are who you are and you are where you are, you can't have it. So you have to ask yourself a couple of questions when, you know, analyzing perfectionism. The first is why do you associate physical attributes, a certain personality and a certain lifestyle with happiness? And the answer is you do so because of capitalism, fat phobia, sexism, racism, ableism, all of the above. You know, capitalism tells you happiness is not within your grasp. 
It uses marketing to brainwash you to believe that the only way you can have happiness is if you accumulate certain items or project a certain lifestyle. You know, um, fat phobia, it tells you you aren't worthy in the body that you're in. You have to body, you have to modify your body to bring happiness. That's the thing that's standing in your way. Sexism says the same thing um, for women. So it tells you that in order to be happy, you have to partner. And if you don't have caretakers or a community that challenges those message, those messagings, you will believe it. And what I want you to do is challenge that belief. And how I'm going to challenge that belief is I'm going to look at children. If you look at most children, they're happy because they are. You know, they they have no requirements for happiness. They wake up and be happy. And that means that you can access happiness without any requirements. You can have access to any time because it's there. It's yours. It's yours to be taken. And that's what happens in your childhood when you grow older. You get brainwashed by your society and your society tells you you have to look a certain way, be a certain way, live a certain lifestyle to officially be happy. And that means that when you develop this perfectionist framework, this I have to do this in order to receive joy, happy, love, respect, care, kindness, That means that you create a standard that is your prison and you decide to become your own guard and keep yourself away from something that is free. So you have to destroy those ideas and you have to stop trying to punish yourself into being happier because it doesn't work like that. And furthermore, if you really, really, really looked at your ideals, like the the standards in which you have for happiness, you will see that that is not a universal rule. How come everyone else is not, you know, achieving this standard, achieving this goal, being this person, living this type of way? How come they are not, they are doing their own thing and they're still accessing happiness and that's because your definition of happiness your definition of what you have to do to gain happiness is skewed it's skewed and it doesn't apply it's the only thing that's holding you back you you created your own prison and now you're being your own prison guard so the foundation of perfectionism is core belief you know your core belief is the thing that tells you right now you aren't that good you aren't great um you need to be something else in order to feel loved or cared for kindness or you know uh confidence you have to do something and according to dr romanelli Um, A core belief is essentially the glasses you wear, which gives meaning to what your senses and experience in the world. 
So sometimes you have no idea what your core belief is. You know, sometimes you just live the world. That's what I was doing for a while. I was living in the world and I wasn't aware of what my core belief was. And I had to look at my patterns to see what is dragging me down. You know, what is making me um, feel bad? It's not holding me back. It's making me live smaller. And once I looked at my patterns, I'm like, okay, there's a specific thing behind this. I got to address it. And I'm gonna give you an example. For example, um, and this is, I had this with a client of mine. Every time she walked into a new space, she thought everyone was judging her. You know, she got really nervous and anxious and um, she would pick apart everyone's actions in the building. You know, just, just like going to a bar or something like that. She would think everyone is being dismissive of her or they ignoring her. And so she would pout in the corner. And as a result, no one approached her because people feel energy. So she used this moment to provide more evidence to support the story she already had. The story that people treat her wrong because she's her. Or people don't like her or they think she, they ignore her or they treat her unworthy. Like, she used these circumstances to support an idea, a core belief that was already there as proof. Now, do you see how that works? Do you see how your core belief can inform your actions, can inform how you think and what you work towards? Like, do you understand that? So like, for instance, that that example that I use now, if she walked into the place, into this bar, and her core belief was that I'm loved and um, I'm joyous, I can access joy anytime I want, then her framework throughout the whole experience, she would start to look for things. She would be like, oh, he's welcoming. Oh, they're opening. They smiled at me. Oh, so she's going to look for evidence of kindness of happiness, of joy, because that's her framework. Now they are going to the same event. They're in the same bar, but it's the core belief in that perspective that is changing the way they're experiencing their environment. And they're saying, and the person who experienced the environment negatively is saying, oh, it's me. I got to change who I am, everything I do in order to have another environment in order to have joy in this environment and peace and, and a good interaction in this environment. And that's not true. You don't have to change who you are. All you're doing is changing your framework. And the way that you change your framework is that you address your core belief. You address those critical thoughts. Those thoughts of once I become slender, I will get the type of man I want. Once I become an extrovert, I'll get the type of friends I want. That once I get here, I can have fine. I can finally have what I want. Or you do something even worse. You compare yourself. You see something great in someone else. And all of a sudden you are wrong or you have nothing to offer. Or you wish you could be more like them. And you just go into this circle of making yourself wrong. 
And like when you see, when you really look at your thoughts, you start to notice things. And one thing that I noticed is that every time I engaged in comparison, I was always in the wrong. I was always lacking. I was always, I didn't have that skill. I didn't have that attribute, that trait, that personality type. And it's like, this is a fruitless action. This is a fruitless action. This is a fruitless framework. It does nothing but make me feel bad. And because I have a core belief of worthiness, I am engaging in something that's really, really unhealthy. And all it is doing is making me further sink into myself. So I realized that my brain is magnificently made and I realized that whatever I give it, whatever I put in there, it'll stay until I decide to use it another way. So right now or in the past, I was using my brain to make myself bad, wrong, um, inadequate, unworthy. That was, uh, that's the way that I was using my brain. Now, the new framework that I use it is I'm looking at myself and I'm looking at the world and I'm finding inspiration. I'm finding beauty. I'm curious. I'm probing. I'm wanting to know more. I'm wanting to experience more. And those are the types. That's the difference between the framework. That's why I had to go through the core beliefs, the perfectionism, the critical thoughts, because you see what all you have to do to create this critical negative framework to to sustain it that's a lot of work to sustain that but on the other hand you have this other framework that makes you feel good and is not that much work and all it is is inspiration beauty and curiosity looking at the world through another lens. Now, I know that this may be a little bit hard to do, especially when you've been using your brain a certain way for quite a long time, right? It's like when you're starting work at working out, um, when you've been, when you don't, when you haven't worked out, that start is a bitch. Like that start is just like you start, you stop, you start, you stop. You're like, I don't know. Um, And then one day you get on board and you just do it. And that's how you're going to have to do this. It's going to be hard. But these I'm going to provide a couple of tools to help you. It's going to help you along the way when you are changing your framework from envy, jealousy, comparison to inspiration curiosity and beauty so one what you see in others is what you have in yourself the only difference is that they've accepted it and you have not all right so what i mean by that is that you don't necessarily know what people are thinking you don't know why they are doing certain things you don't know um you don't know what's going on in their background like you just don't know so what you experience of someone else is just your assumption about them. You know, it's based on your interpretation of cues. So, you know, if you see someone from a distance um, that's pointing their fingers at someone, you're going to be like, oh, they're angry. But the only reason why you know that is because you, you know, social cues, you, you've adapted to those social cues. And because you know to those cues, 
uh, often what you know in others is something that you have already seen in yourself. Like you are your frame of reference. So that means that if you recognize something in someone else, like something that's awesome, you have it in yourself because you initially saw it in you first in order to assign a label for that other person. So you saw your actions and say, okay, when I stump my feet, I'm upset. So now when you look at someone else and you see they, they're stumping their feet, you're like, oh, they must be mad. And you know how I know that you are always going to be your frame of reference is if you ever, have you ever like listened to a story and it's like really has a, it's so many plot points, it's ups and downs and stuff like that. And you're actively listening, but while you're listening, you're like, man, I would have never done that. Or I would have smacked the shit out of them. Or like, you're thinking about what you would have done. And the reason why you do that is because that's, that's just how your brain works. You know, it always starts with you first and then it goes back to the other person. So remember, you are the starting point. Whatever beauty, awesomeness, creativity, um, presence that you see in someone else, you, you've, you've already displayed that. You know, you were the frame of reference. Next, you have to remember you can do it too. And this is like such an easy like reminder. You're like, damn, duh. But it's one of those things that you often forget. You can do everything this person, this person who you're comparing yourself, you can do that. But the reason why you feel that you can't do that is because you are in, you're engulfed in envy and jealousy. And that is a super helpless place. You know, you envy because you believe, you believe that they have some things that you will never be able to access. You're jealous because of the same thing. And what's driving that is the idea that you, in your heart of hearts, truly believe you can't get them. So you do two things. You either hate the person or the circumstance because envy can easily switch to rage, rage, or you cower into yourself and you say, I'll... I'll never be happy. I'll never be where they are. I'll never be where I want to be. And you just sink into yourself. And both options are both. They're going to all make you feel like shit. You know, it's just another blow to your self-esteem. It keeps you down. It keeps you low vibration. And that's, that's going to be the result. So my suggestion is to practice believing yourself. And I know it's, once again, it's like, girl, I know, practice believing myself. Thank you. But when you practice believing yourself, you believing yourself, you have to like remind yourself that you can just act. You know, sometimes your actions are the things that make your mind believe. You know, a lot of people, they, they, they are like thinking about it and contemplating and then they get fearful and it's just like, okay, you know what? Now you just need to let that go and just do it. Do whatever it is that you want to do. Just do it. Because sometimes you need to just act and prove to yourself physically and give your brain and your mind evidence that it can be done. So. I say start off small, you know, if I want to be a writer, 
I'll write one sentence a day for seven days and you know I'll see the I'll see the result a paragraph now look at that micro win okay and if I keep on writing every day I'm sure I'll get to a book and that's fact if I keep writing a sentence every day eventually I'll get to a book So start small, and if all else fails, read a book on how to do it. Go on YouTube, ask experts, figure out how they develop the skills, network, and eventually you'll be skilled how you imagined it. Anything anybody is, is a book away. That is my philosophy. So be curious, find that book, and, and be, be who you want. You can do whatever the fuck you you want to. Next, use that picture, that person, that book, that idea as inspiration. You know, when you see when you see Beyonce, she's performing at Coachella or she dropped um, self-title. You come out of that thing feeling inspired. You feel inspired. You're like, oh my God, I want to work as hard as Beyonce in my own respective lane. And I want to give people happiness and joy how she gives it to us. You know, and you can replace Beyonce with any celebrity that you admire. When you look at them, you're like, oh, I'm so inspired. I want to do more. I want to be more. Now, why can't you do that with a regular person? Why can't you look at their vivaciousness and feel revved up and be like, damn, they be living their life. I want to feel, I want to live my life like that. Ooh, she loves it. She loves her life. I want to laugh like that and find people and scenarios and events that make you laugh like that. Why is that so hard? Now, we all know that comparison, like I said before, comparison will always leave you in pain. We discussed this. If you have a negative brain, comparison will always leave you without, bad, inadequate, unworthy, unloved, uncared for. It will always leave you in that function because you've been operating with a negative brain. And that negative brain or that core belief has been saying that, you know, at the base level of who you are, you ain't shit. And that colors... That colors your thoughts, that colors your experience, that it colors how you experience others. And we trace that through perfectionism, those uh, critical thoughts, through core beliefs. We trace that. And we know that that doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't beat yourself up into joy, happiness, care, worthiness. You can't do that. It doesn't work. So the framework is inspiration beauty curiosity like you look at beyonce you have to look at others you have to look at yourself so this is your task work on your core belief work on your critical thoughts and draw inspiration from everything around you because that is really what life is everybody want to look at life as this battle and even i was looking at it like that i was up there battling life but no life is inspire it's inspiration i can look out my window and draw inspiration 
I'm given something that is so confusing yet so beautiful. And that's how I'm going to approach it. No more envy, no more jealousy. And I hope you let that go as well. Thank you again for riding with me on this ride. You take care. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.